Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello everyone, welcome to a special extra episode of the IGN UK podcast. I'm Keza McDonald and Luke is here with me. Hello. And we've been talking to Andrew Skeet, who is the man behind The Greatest Video Game Music 2, which is a, basically a compilation album of really cool video game music that's out very soon. So we're going to be premiering a track from the album just after the podcast when we chat to Andrew, and also we're giving away a copy of the album signed by Andrew on our Twitter and Facebook, so keep an eye on that. Oh, one last thing. I did have a terrible cold while we were recording this episode, so excuse my coughing and spluttering. So we're here with Andrew Skeet, who is the conductor and arranger of the new album Greatest Video Game Music 2, which is coming out, I think, November 6th. Um, So Andrew has basically been spending a lot of time with the London Philharmonic Orchestra, uh, creating these renditions of classic video game tracks um, orchestrally. Is that right? Is that about right, Andrew? Hmm, That is about right. How, How long have you been working on it? Um, it took about four months, in all honesty. I mean, it's now a couple of months since we finished it, because there's obviously a bit of time between finishing it and it being available. But, um, so it's already receding into distant memory. <laughs> uh, I had, in fact, I had to look up a list of tracks this morning and think, but just as he asked me about the one, I better remind myself what's even on it. But, um, yeah, it was four months. So from about April, I started researching it, and I have a couple of uh, young 20-year-olds composers who actually do play lots of video games and they, they bring me hundreds of su- suggestions and I kind of par through them and you know listen and so it was yeah that was the beginning of just a nice bit of just listening to loads of music so the first um the first greatest video game music mm. album was really successful wasn't it it was amazingly successful was yeah it best selling video everyone. game video game music thing I ever, think it's it? sold I think it's done more than 100,000 copies which is for you know orchestral classical ish music is Brilliant, yeah. We were, everyone was delighted with it. I like that classical-ish. Well, it is only classical-ish. <laughs> I mean, obviously I've got... Um, it's the London Philharmonic Orchestra. That's the starting point. But I, mean, I also have my friends playing drums and guitars and there's lots of um, my, my synth programming on it and stuff. So it kind of drifts a little bit between being what purists might say is classical and stuff that's hardly classical at all. Yeah, having, having a little look down the playlist... Um, I noticed the Portal song was on there. Yes, so for I, example. I immediately went for that, because I thought, how on earth are they going to do an orchestral arrangement of the Portal and song? And so we didn't, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a really good rendition of the Portal song. We're going to be playing a track off the album later, by the way, guys, if you want to hang around for a listen. I won't spoil the surprise of what it is. But looking down this track list, you've got, let's see, we've got Assassin's Creed, mm. Skyrim, Zelda, Final Fantasy. Luke? Yeah, so, yeah, love a bit of Final <laughs> Fantasy. But how do you go about selecting these tracks? <laughs> how do I go about selecting? Yeah. I mean... Um, because I'm not, I mean, I I used to play games lots and lots, play them a bit less now. So, the more contemporary ones, I have to really sort of go and start from scratch. I just, buy, you know, I'll buy a game if I'm interested in it, and I'll look online. For the older ones, I know a bit more about them, but even then, it's kind of it's a while ago, you know, since you're playing these SNES games in the early '90s. And so then, I, there's a bit of just internet bashing, yeah, huge list. And I've got these couple of guys who help me, and they've they they playing games a lot, so they're like, you really should do something from this game and then after that I sort of to be honest it's extremely personal I just l- think of which ones um, will kind of give a good balanced record yeah 
or which ones I'm actually going to, to be honest, which ones I'm going to enjoy doing. And, I, and it's, as, it's as simple as that. I mean, the record label like to have a few tracks on from the very big titles. Mm-hmm. You know? Of course. I mean, yeah. not, and not that I would do one that I didn't think was good. I mean, I would, I would, but if we could get something on from Halo and Assassin's Creed and, I mean, Grand Theft Auto on the last album, a few of those in some ways buys us a, some slots on the album for less well-known or less obvious that ones. Is interesting. So it's a bit of that. So Fez, for example, is hardly like a you know globally billion-dollar uh, game, is it? But no, I mean, it's not exactly AAA. <laughs> it's not a AAA game, but if you've got... So I just think it's a bit of that as well. I, I try and have that at the back of my mind, but not too far forth. It's mainly just about just good music, you know, and stuff that the orchestra's going to play well. Um, is it difficult? Is, is there some... Because obviously something like Halo. Yeah. I mean, most, most uh, you know, a lot of the best games have these fantastic bombastic orchestral mm. scores anyway. Is there any element of, like, do you ever pick something that you think that's going to be difficult for us to do? Do you mean difficult literally to play? Yeah, like difficult to arrange for, for London. You know, um, electric or... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't do... Like, for example, the, the label were keen on doing something from Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't find anything that would be... We, we would be making it worse, basically. I mean, even if we could come up with some orchestral way of doing that music. It was never... Uh, to me, anyway, it was never going to... So I, I would never try and do something where we were going to be making a worse version than the original or a kind of really horrible, for those of you old enough to remember, Hooked on Classics kind of version where we just do orchestra with a drum kit in the background. Yeah. I mean, I, that that's my kind of horror or two Boston pops. But if we're going to do something... Well, like Fez was all done on synths and we did a... Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was thinking of. As an orchestral Fez version, but I thought that would be fun. Mm. And I love doing the old ones. I love doing sort of Sonic, for example, yeah. on it, where obviously... Well, I partly love it because it makes me laugh in the studio because the orchestra don't really... None of the orchestra are gamers at all, as far as I can tell. Or maybe a couple of them, but... Well, maybe if you spend a lot of your youth playing video games, you don't have the time to practice. Well, you don't have the time to practice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there is, there is be, something yeah. in that, to be honest. I mean, yeah, well, hand, yeah. I think there is there is definitely something there, isn't there? Because, you know, it's, it takes... Uh, I mean, my parents tried to make me learn an instrument and uh, I learned the recorder. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> the lamest of instruments. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Sorry, recorder players. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, basically it was just a time thing. You it's know? time thing, exactly. And I write music, which takes less time, you know. So I, c- I could play them a bit more, but but no, these guys, so they don't know it. So it makes me laugh because they play things. So for them, there's no difference between Sonic and um, you know Marler or something or a proper <laughs> classical. They, they don't know the diff. They don't even know really that so what Sonic was. So when they get they play it, they play it dead serious. You know, they just sort of read the notes and they all browse furrowed and they're. And that just makes me <laughs> laugh when we're conducting because they seem. To, I was like, "You're taking this one beautifully seriously, guys." And I, I like those those tracks on the album where, like, getting an orchestra to play something like that dead serious. But then the ones like um, some of them more play. Like Assassin's Creed is not hugely different to how it is on the in the in-game version, and yeah. Batman's not huge. So there's, there's some that are kind of more just trying to recreate that LA sound, you know, that Hans Zimmer's done with his clever guys or whatever, whatever composer it is I think my favourite ones on the album are definitely the ones that are um, definitely like very different from like the Fez one yeah I think we the, you know the electronic yeah. music translated into the orchestral score is re- really good um, there's a couple of more um, slightly left wing hmm. selections on here uh, one of the ones that really made me smile was Luigi's Mansion mm. <laughs> which I really wanted to play later but it's I don't a really good game. enough people would, would, would like it I played it again to, to sort of um, well that and Metroid I had to play again even though I had played them years ago to sort of <coughs> get the vibe for, for mm. what we might do with it but yeah that, that they're definitely one of my favourites well, there's lots of good stuff happening though isn't there in terms of like video game music at the moment like Trent Reznor's doing 
Black Ops 2. That's right, yeah. You know, That's an interesting choice. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, you know, getting Oscar nominees involved There's in more games. and more film composers getting involved. Mm. And obviously Clint Mansell is involved in Mass Effect. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I, if Cliff Martinez is one of my favourite film composers, it'd be great if he did something. I don't, I don't think he's done one yet. But Not, not to my knowledge. You know, but the guy who does Steven Soderbergh yeah, movies. Yeah. And <laughs> well, we had, yeah, we had a trailer the other day on the site about um, the recording of the Assassin's Creed yep. um, stuff, which was done at Abbey Road. Um, and yeah, that was... It just looks like you know they're getting full orchestras in there now and everything. It's pretty impressive. Like the it amount of money they're willing to put behind it as well and stuff. I'm well, uh, my friend, I said to you earlier, my friend Neil Davidge did the music for Halo Four, mm. and um, I mean, the, the stories of the budget on that and the, the you know the, it was incredible. And the marketing budget for Halo generally, I, th- I can't remember. I can't remember how many zeros it had, but it was like either half a billion or it was ridiculous. Microsoft recently took over Liechtenstein <laughs> as in the country right. to promote Halo 4. Mm. Like they literally took over Liechtenstein and made it over to look like Halo World. They yeah. uh, they've essentially written a blank check I think for um, for 343 and just said But how much how much does it cost to take over literally a country and I transform it into a scenario from your video game? Like, I don't think anybody has the money know. to do that. That's how much it cost to hire Abbey Road I think. <laughs> that you'd imagine, wouldn't you? That is madness though. Surely they're going to just wipe out <laughs> of the profit from Halo 4 by, by taking well, I over the I think they'll have got a lot of profit. I mean, yeah, yeah, probably. Were there any big songs that you kind of wanted to include on this, but as you say, didn't fit because of the way it was? So if you got to do another one that you'd like to kind of bring? Yeah, in? there were loads. I mean, um, the guys who, who researched it, they, they love the game Dark Souls, which I looked uh, at. Oh, and it has got man. some. This one. It's a great game, that and it has got some good music in it. And I, uh, this is one of those things where I was listening on the tube every day, going, or listening on the train, going, hey, I could do something from this, but just didn't quite fit in or Dark whatever. Souls is hard because it hasn't really got any tunes. This is the thing you see, because I've got to think that this record is not just enough for the track to the game itself to be great. The, mm. the music's got to be listened to on its own, away from the game and stand up. Even if people didn't know the game in the first place. So, yeah. Which is hard for games because it's often so intrinsically intertwined it, it with, the, with the gameplay situation, yeah. isn't it? That wipes out a lot of that. And again, like Journey, I, I like the music in Journey. But that, again, Journey, that was an example of that already sounded like, well, that sounds nice already. It's an orchestral yeah. score. Am I going to be able to do anything even slightly different with that? And I, So I tend to rule those ones out um, on the whole. But yeah, there was a huge list. Yeah. I mean I'm imagining like older, older chiptune stuff reimagined orchestrally is, is quite vogue now, isn't it? It is. It's, there's a powerful nostalgia attached to that for gamers. And and for us, that they are attractive to do those games because we can do something, mm. yeah. you know, we can do something new. Like I, I know Dragon Roost Island's been done loads and loads, and well, but still, still differently to how we did it because you can still go back to the original. But I had to send all those off to Nintendo in um, uh, the Koji Kondo and people like that to look at and sign them all off, and they sent me back these really cute little sort of notes saying <laughs> you've, sli- you've slightly changed the note here <laughs> in this bar and the melody and, and uh, we'd, we'd like you to put it back to how it was you know and it's like wow I mean I've taken it from something that was just so different in the first place and they, they were wonderfully anal about it that's yeah. the Dragon Roost Island theme from Zelda Wind Waker um, that's yes. on the album right exactly and that one I had to send over the Metroid and <laughs> yeah, there's one other one other Nintendo game. Oh, you were Luigi's, Luigi's Mansion. But they, 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 they not care. They waved that one through. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they don't care about Luigi's Mansion. It's only Luigi. Yeah. That's all right. Um, then they're quite protective of their um, of their stuff. They're very protective of um, their brand. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Um, people who work on Nintendo magazines are constantly fighting with them because there's you're not allowed to do anything to the art that they give you. You're not even allowed to resize it or like no. flip it. Or anything and like when that. I was talking to the guys who did video um, video games live stuff, I mean they had that took years to set up and 
in the first place, mainly for, for clearing things like that. You want to use the mm. Nintendo logo by the stage, then it's got to be done like this. I mean, that's fantastic. So when we did we did a live gig last year after the first album, so we decided to do none of that kind of video games. Like it was far too complicated having any video or any yeah. logos. We just we just had uh, had a guy standing up making jokes next to us on the stage. <laughs> Nintendo did a fantastic 25th anniversary concert series for Zelda. Yes, last year that Hammersmith, was wasn't it? Yes, right? it was. Yeah, it was in Hammersmith, and they did um, they did them all over the world. But the London one was in Hammersmith. It was it was did really amazing. I did go. Yeah, it was fantastic. I'm a uh, very very big Zelda fan. Right. <laughs> so I did I did go. It was, it they was had a they did have um, stuff from in game on the screen. The greatest thing about that is it was Nintendo organized, so the basically they they could sort it out themselves. But they did have um, all this beautiful um, footage from the games running mm. and these beautiful moments from the games running. It was really emotional. Um, but that's something that interests me about video game music is mm. that. You've got these very powerful associations with it. I think so. Um, especially if you're a gamer. So it's interesting to think that you have to think of it from perspective of, of being able to stand on its own without those associations. Well, I, yeah. Um. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that um, the associations are a bad thing. I mean, of they're, they're not, very no. powerful. And lots of people who would buy this do play games and would know them. But but not everyone. It's just one of those things, getting the balance right. Like, not like with Metroid, for example... You know how kind of claustrophobic that game feels, mm. even though it looks really w old. Mm. Sort of, you're in it, and you're, f and yet you have that thing you've got to run out quite quickly, and you don't want to kind of lose that in the game, and not have in the music rather, and not have that kind of vibe from the game, or you don't want to lose the vibe from from Legend of Zelda or whatever. But I think it does evoke it definitely, the music on its you own. You can evoke it without without worrying. But if the music itself isn't very good, for example, but fits the game, that's not so interesting for me because that just means that's a bit of a dead spot on the album, even if it makes a couple people. Happy yeah, like makes game, sense. You know. yeah. Another of my video game music experiences was um, in in my first ever time in San Francisco. I got mm -hmm. taken to see a metal band that did metal covers of classic video game tunes. I think they were called the Mini Bosses. They'd just be sitting up there shredding the Contra theme out. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, I the guy. I think I think not everyone agrees with it, but I, it has become like kind of folk <coughs> music, um, video game music. Yeah. You know, like you could, you just all you need is a bit of the tune, or a bit of the thing, and you can then do something completely different with it because mm. everyone, you know, it's become like. But certainly amongst gamers, it's become such a... W all the tunes are quite well-known, aren't they? And you yeah. start, they l repeat so much when you're playing, of course. Mm. Yeah, and over, over the years, they, they, they return as motifs. They, they become return as motifs, They exactly. become these, so these, these yeah. uh, recurring... They become a feature of your of your life, actually, mm. like at different points in your life. Um, especially a series like Zelda, which comes out pretty much every three or four years. You know, you're at yeah. a very different point in your life every time that comes out. You know, so I started playing Zelda when I was six. So the different themes remind me of different parts of my life. Mm -hmm. Like Wind Waker was when I was a teenager, yes. and uh, the Twilight Princess stuff was when I was um, a bit older than that, and so on and so forth. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's cool the way it, it comes with you throughout your life, in the same way as all music does, really. Mm. And which is your favorite? Wind Waker, is I it? think. Yeah, definitely. Have you got a favorite? Have you did you play Zelda much? I d I never played Zelda much. I mean, yeah, but lo it well before Wind Waker, but um. Yeah, I don't know. That is no, it's great. I think the thing about Wind Waker is the it's just the the sailing. A lot of people didn't mm. like the sailing, but for me yeah, it was it was. If you didn't like the sailing, you're not going to get into the game, are you? Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. I mean, it, it was a big kind of stumbling block for for most people who yeah. <laughs> who didn't like that game. But for me, it was just the embodiment of the Zelda mm. thing of exploration, yeah. discovery, and openness. I mean, Final Fantasy is the same for me in terms of like the sense that you know they have the same they have the same things, and obviously yeah. you can see this. They've got the same motifs and tunes that change. Over and when the did you get into that then? Final Fantasy. I started playing, uh, I think 9 was the first one I played when I was about about 8 or 9. And then, yeah, kind of went through them. And then I started moving backwards. So, like, 7 was the, seven's the earliest I've gone. 
I played them all from there. And the ones before that, you'd have to. If you got all the old consoles, you'd no. have to. Well, my yeah. first console was Mega Drive, which obviously didn't. Can you get some of the early ones anyway? It's kind of up. Yeah, you can. Now, they're now re-released on the PlayStation Network yeah, PlayStation. a lot. Of them. Yeah, so they're, they're can, you, get them. you either get the original versions re-released on the PlayStation mm-hmm. or on the Xbox networks, or mm-hmm. you get um, remakes done. Yeah, like right. they've done some remakes for the iPad and stuff. And also for um, uh, quite a lot of the three on like the DS on Nintendo DS, they've mm-hmm. done quite mm-hmm. a few remakes of that. It's, yeah, n- it's nice though because it's making our history more accessible. Mm. Like, I mean, pr- previously when I was a kid, if I wanted to play a game that was older than the console I had, I had to literally go and find the console and then find the game. Yes. Whereas now, you know, if if uh, um, my nephews want to play a game that I played when I was a kid, they can and do on the Wii just by downloading it. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to play one track off the album now. Um, I have carefully <laughs> selected. I really, really want to do Dragon Roost. I really want to do Dragon Roost Island from Zelda Wind Waker. Do it. I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to play that.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.